Before we start the program, I want to introduce you to an event that's coming up this August. The Loma Linda Institute of Worship is offering a worship leadership certificate to help leaders and pastors take their congregation's worship experience to the next level. This August 9-12 through 12 event will include presenters Randy Roberts, Adriana Pereira, Nicholas Zork, Wayne Buckner, Richard Hickam, and more, and provide the opportunity to perform on stage with Steve Green and the Heritage Singers. Come sing, pray, write new music, share testimonies and resources, and grow together with like-minded worship leaders from across the world. Go to LLIW.net to register.
Good evening and happy Sabbath, everyone. Oh, wow, you all look beautiful. Let's try it again. Let's just say happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Happy Sabbath. I don't know about you, but I have just been enjoying the piano music of a young man who's been playing. Let's give him a round of applause for playing so beautifully, ushering us into this wonderful, wonderful Sabbath hours. There's nothing so beautiful as the hymns being played so beautifully. Thank you so much, sir. We want to welcome each of you tonight to our spring discipleship training. This is session number what? Oh, but now we know you know Pastor Joel. How about the others? I mean, I mean, Pastor um, Gilda, please forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm losing. I have a senior. I have a senior moment. Forgive me. Senior moment. Um, so that's the, what session is it? Number number four. How many of you have attended all all three up to now? Raise your hand. Okay, if this, if this is your first time tonight, raise your hand. Oh, let's give them a round of applause over there for being here for the first time tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Tonight, we're going to be blessed with a powerful message by our own Pastor Julie. And we know that God's going to richly bless her as she brings forth this message tonight. And we want you to be here tomorrow. Pastor Randy's going to end this um, series tomorrow, but it's not the end of what we're doing. As he says, this is a lifestyle for the church, not just the end of the series. It's going to be the last sermon in the series, but tomorrow really begins our actual work and moving on what we've learned for the past four sessions. Amen? I'm going to ask my dear colleague here to give us some information that she wants to share with us right quickly. How are you all doing with your list of 12 people? Everyone doing okay with that? I know that I have been filling mine in slowly but surely, taking a lot of time to pray about it and see just who God is placing on my heart to reach out to and to be intentional about. And I think that is one of the most important things is this is something that we all know. This is really nothing new. It's just putting it front and center and making it something very intentional um, for us to do, to reach out to, especially people in our family, neighbors. There are just so many people that are um, in need of, of our attention. And so if you have not yet gotten one of these books, they are out in the foyer. We have stacks of those for you. And again, if you are not worshiping with us here and you live in a different place, uh, geographically, we would be glad to share these with you in about six months. We're sorry that it will be that long, but there are some revisions and things that we will be making after we try it out here. So we are so glad that each one of you are here this evening, and we look forward to worshiping with you. Thank you. Alicia, first off, um, and these are my friends. I'll start from over here. This is Alana. This is Roz, Marsha, Avenel, Eunice, and Emil on the piano. We are all students here at Loma Linda, and I just want to say it's a privilege to be with you all here tonight. 
Um, I, every time Pastor Gilda asks me, can you sing? I say, wow, Lord, <laughs> you need to make this work out because we all have different schedules. We're being held in the hospital as hostages. And, you know, it just always is a miracle how we just all are able to come and, and praise the Lord. And today's theme is about prayer. And when Pastor Gilda was telling me, I was thinking to myself, wow, what a big topic to sing about. Um, this is something I've been working on in my devotional about being intentional with prayer and about giving everything I have to God. I am one of those people that is high strung and I stress a lot. And it's just amazing the words of God. He says, don't worry about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And in, in my times when I don't know what to do and I'm stressed out, sometimes my first reaction isn't to go to God. And this week I was trying to be intentional about that. So every time something came up, I said, Lord, okay, we're going to talk about this right now. Even if I was on rounds, if I was in my home, if I was walking to the hospital, to stop and, and talk to God. And you know, the peace that he promised did come. It came. This has been a very hard couple of weeks in a lot of ways, um, even past school. But God has been good. He's been good. And we're here. And so as we move into worship, I just ask that you will reflect on all the things that God has brought you through this week, this month, this year, and just be reminded that he cares. He really does care about everything that you go through and that he is more than able to take care of it. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or even imagine or think. But what do we think our God is capable of? And when we understand how much he's capable of, capable of, we're more willing to go to him and say, God, I need help. I need help with this. And so I hope you're encouraged by these songs. When I thought of prayer, these are the songs that came to mind. They may be familiar, they may be unfamiliar, but feel free to sing along, it's catchy. And I hope you're blessed as we praise the Lord together, amen. i 
Amen. Isn't that harmony beautiful? Thank you, ladies, for sharing in our praise singing this evening. I invite you to bow your heads as we seek the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, what a privilege it is to come into your presence at the beginning of this Sabbath, a day of rest when we can rest and be reminded that we can rest from our own works and rest in your grace. 
We're thankful that you are such a merciful and gracious God. And we just praise you for it tonight. We pray in a special way that you will be with Pastor Gilda as she opens your word, as she shares with us how we can continue our walk to grow as disciples. And I pray that you will fill her with power, fill her with your spirit, and open our hearts and our minds to receive the message that she has for us. In Jesus' name, amen. In Scripture, giving offering is often framed as an opportunity to partner with God in accomplishing His mission on earth. It is an investment in His initiatives, and God promise, promises us that this investment will continue to bear fruit. And so tonight, we invite you to invest in discipleship. This is our opportunity to partner with God in this endeavor. I invite our deacons to come forward to receive the offering. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Happy Sabbath. You know, in our Sabbath school, in light, 
Pastor Jilda has taught us that when you are on a flight and the person sitting next to you happens to be a crab and you can't really switch to a different seat because the flight is full, you have to stay seated. And all we can do is just pray to the Lord and ask him to pour your love, his love, sorry, in your, our hearts so that we can love that unlovable crab that sits next to us through the entire flight. And may we continue to just ask the Lord to show us how to love those all around us. didn't have to leave the glory of heaven, but you became a simple man. You didn't have to serve the poor and afflicted, yet you touched and healed their brokenness. No greater love has been given. You became the ultimate sacrifice. Created me the heart of a servant. Let this be my soul's desire. Show me how to love in the true meaning of the word. Teach me to sacrifice, expecting nothing in return. I want to give. My life away, becoming more like you each and every day. My words are not enough. Please show me how to love. I saw a bruised and battered woman with her hungry children on the street. Yet I heard you ask in that still small voice what have you done for the least of these consume me with a burning fire that melts away my complacency and let me be moved with love and compassion that someone will find the My life away, becoming more like you each and every day. My words are not enough. Please show me how to love. Sadhus, madam woman, clearly see.
Happy Sabbath, friends. All right. So this is our family. You've seen us around, thank you. You've seen us around for five years now. You've seen our children grow. In fact, when we landed here five years ago with only two suitcases each, we had no idea what we were in for. And tonight, five years into being here at the Loma Linda University Church, we want to give you a little bit of, of insight, open a little bit of a window into the Roddy family. Are you ready? <laughs> Buckle in. Love? Oh, there we go. Does that work? David Leia's got microphone 32, by the way. How about a little story? You know, I'm a storyteller. Very good. Gigi's a storyteller, too, and we're still working on telling stories with the rest. But maybe we should tell a story. I think our church would, would like that. Would you guys like that? Jimmy, can you help me tell a story? Yeah? For those of you who may not know us, our oldest is Leia, then we have Giselle, Charlize, and then our last acquisition, Jude. Jude. Leia, I really like what you got going on there with that left arm. Leia's a lefty, by the way. Nice work yesterday on a broken arm. Hello, hello. So, Gilda, if we're going to tell a story, how far back should we take it? Well, today is April 27th, a very meaningful day in the Roddy household when we were sitting around the table uh, with the pastors and I was just handed the date, April 27th, thought, how am I going to get out of this date? Because today is Charlize's birthday. Happy birthday, Charlize. Charlize turns seven today. Thank you, Jamin. Let's all celebrate Charlize and sing happy birthday. Can you? Help us. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Charlize. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you. April 27, 2011 is when our story starts. What a great day it was, for we were celebrating third daughter. But you won't believe what else the Roddies were faced with. A little bit of sorrow mixed in. Gilda, tell us about April 27, 2011. Well, April 27, 2011 marked a day of celebration. But also, as you mentioned, it was a day that was quite dark for our family. For on the day that I found out 
that we were having another child, I was also diagnosed with breast cancer. And because I was pregnant, we couldn't do anything about it. I didn't want to affect the child I was carrying, so we waited until I delivered Charlize. And when Charlize was going home, I remained at the hospital, and I was having my first surgery, my first lumpectomy, to remove the cancer. In fact, you were diagnosed with ductal carcinoma. Mm -hmm. In fact, the doctors told us, if you had not been pregnant, you would not have caught it so soon. Leah, do you remember? We were so excited to have Charlize, but I came home with little Charlize, now with three daughters, Leah, you were five at the time, Leah, and Gigi, you were two, three, three and a newborn, and we left mom at the hospital. I was scared. It was a scary time. In fact, when I found out that I was diagnosed, I must admit I was in denial. We had always heard that it's always women over the age of 40 who are diagnosed with cancer, and I thought, surely not me. And the more I told the story, the more I felt like I was telling somebody else's story. I, I too, remember I was freaked out, scared, but we talked about it quite a bit. We did. In fact, we even talked with Leah and Gigi as young as they were. Leah, do you remember how you felt when, when you first learned about mom's cancer? for my mom, and I had a lot of questions. A lot of questions. Gigi, you too? Really scared? I was really scared, yeah. You know, we are, we're an open bunch. What you see is what you get, so we chose not to hide it from the kids. Char, you were too young. We probably told you, but you were just little, little. Gilda, you had a support network even in Australia, as I remember. Tell Tell the, our congregation and those watching online, what did that support network mean to you? Oh, it, it truly helped us get through um, everything that we were going um, through in life. We had our family, our parents, uh, extended family. We had our church family, and we had our friends. And um, community truly took on a different meaning when you're going through something and you are faced with mortality. So our network meant the world to us. It did. It meant so much to us. Now, fast forward about a year, lumpectomy, mm -hmm. you are cancer-free. And I left the hospital and the doctor said this. Are you planning on having more children? To which we said, Absolutely. <laughs> and the doctor told us, If you want to have more kids, then you need to start right away because you can't go on birth control. No birth control because the estrogen that's in the, the pills Correct. might further increase the risk of breast cancer coming back. Now, so a year later, a year later, Ta-da! Jimmy, you got to at least act like you're interested. He's playing on the 
He's playing on the phone. What would this generation do without iPhones? Jimmy's born, and my wife has a brilliant idea. In Australia, you get a couple of years of maternity leave. She says, I've got a fourth child, and I'm on maternity leave. I'm going to go to grad school. As, only, as most women would right after having a child. Those, six, those five young ladies, six young ladies, after you have your fourth, then decide to go to grad school. Not Mixed only in, did I decide to go to grad school, I enrolled in school at Loma Linda while in Australia. Mm. And three weeks before delivering Jude, I started grad school. Wonder Woman, if you, if, she, if you see her take her shirt off, it's got the big W. I, trust me, trust me. So we arrive in Loma Linda. Six weeks after Jude is born. And we used to sit right over there. But hang on, before we sat there, we came in and sat right in the middle in the back. But the kids were too loud, I remember. Absolutely. Pastor and Randy looked at me in the back and he just pointed, he said, get out. He didn't. Not here, he wouldn't. No. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. Um, you know, coming here at a, a, a large church, we felt um, like everybody was watching, and we didn't want to make any noise. We had four young ones, um, and we really wanted to be a part of this church community. In fact, I remember I found it very easy to get involved particularly in children's ministry. Well, when you have four little ones in tow, and there's quite an opportunity. So we jumped right in with Crater Roll Sabbath School. So I finished grad school in 18 months. Well done. And received a mission leadership scholarship, which allowed me to do a year of research at the medical center. Now, while at the medical center... I did my follow-up with my oncologist. Part of my history, they asked if I would do a genetic testing so that we would be able to determine whether the children carried the genetic markers um, that would show if they had a propensity to have cancer uh, later on in life. Praise God, they do not I don't carry the genes, so it's not passed on to them. However, something interesting came up. The chances of my cancer reoccurring was very high. So our oncologist suggested that in a few years, you might consider doing a preventative bilateral mastectomy. I remember that. Dr. Lum, she may be in the crowd. Good job, Dr. Lum. She said, in a few years... But when we got home, within maybe just a day or two, I remember Gilda saying, I need to schedule the surgery. And I said, Gilda, you're, you're 40 years old. You don't need to schedule the surgery. My wife tells me she's been 28 and holding. She's been 28 and holding, Robert, for about 15 years now. She was 40 years old at the time. Confession is good for the soldier. Thank you. Your confession. <laughs> she said, I really feel like I need to have the surgery. Mm -hmm. I said, look, we don't have nobody here. There's no other Roddies out there. You can't have this surgery. Mm -hmm. I, I'll, I'll sink. I, I remember saying, I will sink trying to manage four kids. 
But she couldn't let it go. Leah, Gigi, do you remember mom saying, I need to have this surgery? Now, Leah, you were in fourth grade. Gigi, you were in kindergarten. And it was a feeling, and I just, I just couldn't let it go. So we went over to our oncologist, and she, again, she said, Gilda, when I suggested that you have the bilateral mastectomy, I said, a few years down the road, not now. But she said, let me, let me look at my calendar. Let's see if the plastic surgeon is available next week. And wouldn't you know it? That was, a, that was a Thursday. And the doctor says, let's do the surgery on Tuesday. And I said, no, no, let's not do the surgery on Tuesday. Jimmy, let's do the surgery two years on Tuesday. She said, no, if you're going to do it, you need to do it when the OR is available and when the plastic surgeon can come in with us and we can start the reconstruction straight away. So on Tuesday morning, without any support system at all. So we thought. So we thought. Jordan drove me to East Campus and I remember he was pale. And paler than usual when you compare <laughs> to this bunch on the stage. And I remember as I was being wheeled to the OR thinking, what will happen to my family? And um, little did we know, eight and a half hours later after well, the, the surgery. Well, the doctor told us, look, this is a simple surgery. We do elective bilateral mastectomies all the time. In a couple hours, we'll be out. No worries. Three, four, six. Anita was there. The doctor came out and said, there's been complications. What was, what was going on in the OR, I wondered? Well, um, when, when they removed the breast tissue, and send it to pathology. The results came back and they found cancer. This was round two. So they said, wait a minute, we need to go back in and finish the job. Initially, they were going to try to spare as much of the breast tissue, the exterior, as possible for reconstruction. Mm -hmm. But with the blood loss and the compromised vascular uh, tissue, difficulties, complications. Now, you've got to understand that all four of my children were born naturally. And it truly was a breeze, a piece of cake compared to So why to did the... we stop at four? <laughs> do not, do think, do not encourage him. Were you, Pastor Castillo was thinking the same thing. We're done. I have never been in so much pain in my life after the bilateral mastectomy. I was, I couldn't breathe. But the amazing thing about waking up after my surgery was the amount of love and the community that surrounded us. So our church family, you know, we share. Our kids share. They got that from us. So they went to school and they shared with their teachers and their friends. And 
word got out and it felt like the entire town of Loma Linda came out in support of the Roddies. How many have ever heard of a meal train? You ever heard of a meal train? Yes. That was October you had the surgery. Mm -hmm. Church family. Come April, this is, this is our church community. Mm -hmm. Come April, we were still feeding off of meal train. Where's Dinah Heiss? Triple G, where's, where's Dinah? <laughs> is, she, is she here? I see Pastor Roy over here. Dinah and Anita. And, and April and Lisa and countless number of people surrounded us and became our community. Now you, you weren't a pastor here. No. You were the chaplain. chaplain at the hospital. But that's you. That's our church family. Leah, you were in fourth grade. Tell me about the day of that surgery. Tell me about the days following. You know how difficult that was for me. Was it tough for you? It was really tough, and well, one one way that it kind of mentally, um, one way that I kind of grasped um, the the reality that my mom had cancer was that we talked about it, and we talked about it going to school. We always talked about that my mom had cancer, and that kind of helped me. That kind of helped me cope. That was one. Well, let me tell you what, church family, the women in my life like to talk about things. I don't want to talk about it, but it seemed like every waking moment, driving to school, going to church, wherever it was, Leah and Shar and Jude. So tell me that story again, Dad. When Mom had the surgery, I didn't want to talk about it, but that was the way they wanted to process it. They needed to hear it. And so it forced me to open up about it. I, I can tell you I've told this story a jillion times. Leah, what were some of your coping mechanisms? What helped you through that time? There were three main ways. Um, the first one was family and friends. I would... I told all of my friends and my teachers, and they kind of really surrounded me at school, giving me hugs, and I would always call my my family, and we would we would pray together. Even at school, we would pray with all the teachers. The second one was praying. I prayed a lot, again with my teachers, my with my parents, my siblings. And the last one was with music. If any of you don't know, I have a love for music. So in fourth grade, I started a band with five girls. My sister, Giselle, Maya and Emily Castillo, and Callie Cotovar. My friends really helped me through that time when my mom had cancer. Leah, is Lioness here? It's yes. hard to see with the lights. Lioness Minus one. one. Come on, get up. If you, if you sing with Lioness, get on up. I want, the, I want the camera to zoom right in on you. Which camera has got the light on? I'm trying to see it. Hopefully it got you. Wave. Um, if you have not seen these young ladies perform, you need to come check them out at In Light. Um, because it's just a matter of time until we're all 
be buying their CDs, I can promise you. <laughs> I can promise you. Ladies, you were born out of this story. Well done, Leia. Gigi, tell me about first grade. And well, tell me about how mom's breast cancer touched you. Well, um, one day my, my friend and I were sitting at lunchtime in kindergarten and she told me that um, anyone who had cancer would die and pass away. And I didn't think that because my guardian angel was there to protect my family and my mother where to surround the community that is here in Loma Linda to give us, to give her strength and she still fights today. Thank you. Wow. I remember when Gigi came home and she said, Mom, one of my friends said that you're going to die because you've got cancer. And, and I was, I was um, confronted, to say the least. I said, well, what did you say, Gigi? Well, I told her that wasn't true, that I had a guardian angel. Gigi, Gigi in fact, Gigi from a very young age knows her guardian angel. Gigi, tell us about your guardian angel. Moselle Lala. Gigi has a, a guardian angel whose name is Moselle Lala. And Gigi said, no, 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 Moselle is in the OR with mom. Everything's fine. Yes. Char, happy birthday, Char. You love birthdays, don't you? Yes. Tell us of why, like many kids, you love birthdays. Well, one of them is I like opening presents. She likes opening presents, uh-huh. I like my cake. My she likes eating cake. And family. And you like, wait a minute, did you say cake? Friends and family. What Friends. kind of chocolate cake? Hmm? Chocolate cake chocolate. Mm, with ice cream. What else? What do we celebrate always, always, always on April 27th? Mom's survival. Mom's what? Survival. So Charlize, of all the Roddies, if you haven't been able to, to pick it out, Char's the quiet one. She doesn't have much to say, but when she does, it means something. Char said she loves chocolate cake and opening presents and having pool parties with her friends. But more importantly, on April 27, we celebrate, what was that word? Um, mom's survival. Mom's a survivor. Yes, she is. Mom's a survivor. Jude, put the phone down, homie. We're trying to do an interview here, man. The, the cameras are on. Who do you love most of all? Of out of the whole, whole world, what do you love? Mom. Mom. You love mom? I love mom more than you love mom. Do you love mom more than I love mom? Okay. Love. Tell us what's on your heart. One of my favorite people is Mother Teresa. N not me. After you. She was the founder of a charity for the dying. And in every home that cared for the poorest of the poor, was a picture of a cross underneath the words, I thirst, from when Jesus was on the cross. 
And she said that we should all quench Christ's thirst by taking care of those people around us. We have been talking about the 12 people we love. I remember praying that we would find community in this church. I remember looking at relationships that were taking place and longing to be a part of a community. And when I went through my diagnosis for the second time, I was angry, I was hurt. I questioned God, why me? Why was I going through this? Why was I allowed? Wasn't I to be immune because I chose to follow God? And I didn't talk to God. I said, I won't talk until you let me know. Mm. And I remember one afternoon, it was a Sabbath, I looked over at the mountains, and I felt a very clear message that the reason why I was going through this was so that I could share with people who were also going through a crisis. And you know God has a sense of humor. But that's all I needed. That was the answer I was looking for. Now God and I were good. As soon as I started to thank God for revealing to me why I was being allowed to go through this, my phone rang. And it was a prayer ministry coordinator from the church. Now, I wasn't working here. I was still battling cancer. And Anita was on the other end of the line. Now, she knew what we had been going through as a family. She said, the prayer ministry team has been meeting in preparation for the prayer conference, and we would like you to share your story at one of the breakout sessions. I had just talked to God, and I said, you've got to be kidding me, God. I'm still going through this. I can't do it. So I do, as I always do. I said, well, I'll pray about it, and then we'll get back. It was a very strong impression that I had to do that. And since then, I've been speaking at di different schools for Cancer Awareness uh, Month, speaking to, to women who are at the doctor's office receiving their diagnosis who know that I've gone through it. And the battle still continues. I do my checkups every six months. I meet with my oncologist every year. And even now, we are waiting as we prepare for another surgery, because we're still in the midst of it. So we come to church. We found our community. 
because we're such a big group, we not only have 12 people, but we have different pockets of 12 that we love on and that love on us. Our immediate families, our extended families, our friends, you, our church family, but also out in the community, people who see us and know us, pour into our lives as we pour into their lives. It's no longer coming to church and sliding in the back incognito, hoping that, you know, the day goes by. Now we belong. We attend a church that embraces us. And you see us on Sabbath morning. We come to church, and we've got to be here for sound checks, so we're here early. And people always comment, wow, how do you get the kids out? They're all dressed, and they're all put together. And I always say in my Sabbath school, in light, they know. I mean, it's chaos at the house on Sabbath morning. There's a lot of hand-waving and yelling. But that's what we do. Thank you, Tia. Thank you. We share our story because we're not perfect. We've messed up. We mess up. But we love each other. We love those that are around us, those that are our family, our community, those that continue to support us through prayer, through love and hugs. So as we continue to grow here in this community, there are a lot of people around us who thirst, who thirst emotionally, who thirst physically, who thirst spiritually. We come and we are put together, but we don't know what's going on deep inside. I would invite us to be in community, to be authentic and genuine and vulnerable, to be teachable. I would encourage us to go beyond the hello, how are you? but ask how your week was and how can I pray into your life next week? For you see, when you identify those 12 people that you will tangibly invest in, your lives will be richer. We are a testimony to that. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's very hard. But we serve a mighty God. And on this planet, if anyone deserves to have community, it is us because we have been bathed in the blood of Jesus. So friends... I want to thank you for accepting us, for loving us. I want to thank you for your prayers, for your continued prayers. 
And as we continue on our journey, I want to thank you for praying into our lives for continued health and healing. For this is what matters when we allow each other into each other's lives. So as you identify your 12, I pray that God will open your heart and that you will see what you need to pray into their lives. For when we begin to pray for each other, God moves in a mighty way. Let us pray together. Gracious Father, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for answering my prayers for a community. Lord, you do have a funny sense of humor. For sometimes the journey that you take us on is so unexpected and so unwanted. But today I want to thank you for allowing us to be here and to share for allowing us to trust in you and trust that you know the beginning and the end of our story. I want to thank you for my family, for my friends. I want to thank you for my church and my community. Lord, everyone here needs you in their lives. Help us, Lord, to be in true, authentic Christian community. This is our prayer. In the precious name of Jesus, let everyone say, Amen.
When Daniel faced the lions for worshiping the Lord, it seemed there was no hope at all for what would be in store. But when we stand on holy ground, our smallest prayers are heard. Instead of all in our circumstance, our eyes are on the Lord. Pray on, for you are who the Lord is looking for. Pray on, for this will tear those mighty strongholds down. Stay on your knees, for this is where the battle is won. Very soon you'll win victory pray on when your questions go unanswered and your prayers may seem in vain they don't seem to make a difference they don't seem to make a change just rest assured God knows here's your prayers and here's the time you pray your prayers are reaching heaven, and the answer's on its way. Pray on, for you are who the Lord is looking for. Pray on, tear those mighty strongholds down. Stay on your knees, for this is where. to be than seeking the Father prayerfully. Very soon you'll win the victory. Pray on. Pray on. Say amen to that. Yes. Let's give God some praise tonight. Amen, amen. Have you been blessed tonight? If you've been blessed, let me hear someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Truly, this has been an inspiring, an inspiring program tonight. We want to thank all of those who participated. I want to give a special thanks, especially to our students from Long Leonard who did such a beautiful job setting up the, the, the meeting tonight with the beautiful songs that they sang. God bless you all. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you so much. I want to thank Sister uh, Gigi. Is that how you pronounce your name? Gigi. Yes, for her beautiful songs tonight as well on prayer. Amen. And especially my heart was so touched and moved by the testimony of the Roddy family tonight. Thank you all for sharing so openly your testimony and our prayers continually go with you and your family. Someone say amen if you've been blessed by that. Amen. So this concludes... Session four tonight, loving prayer about discipleship spring training, the 12 people you love. Tomorrow, you absolutely cannot miss the finale. It's going to be brought by our senior pastor, Pastor Randy, and his sermon will be titled, Let It Shine. What do we, what do we say? Let's say it together. Let it shine. 
You certainly do not want to miss this. You want to be here tomorrow, and we know you're going to be inspired to go out and do greater works for the Master. If that's your hope, let me hear you say amen right now. I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now as we have our closing prayer tonight. Reach out and touch someone's hand beside you, someone's hand beside you right now as we pray. Dear Father in heaven, we have been inspired tonight by the power of your word, by the music, and by the power of testimony, Father. We thank you for the message of Pastor Jill, the Father, that inspired us to be a community, a strong community, a teachable community, a loving community. We thank you for her inspiration for tonight, Father, inspiring us to go deeper into people's lives beyond the surface, but really want to know how we can minister to people. And we thank you that we're inspired to pray for each other, for there is power in prayer. Dear Father, we ask that you would take us now from this place, but never from your presence, and bring us again tomorrow as we will conclude this series, Father, but it will inspire us from this day forth to go out as disciples for you, touching those in need. This is our prayer in the lovely and the blessed name of our best friend, Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Reach out to someone, give them a good Sabbath greeting, and let them know that Jesus loves them, and so do you. Have a good night.